Today is September 11th, and it marks 9-11's 22nd anniversary. September 11th, 2001 was a grim day when terrorists attacked U.S. soil and almost 3,000 lives were taken. If you're old enough to remember, I bet you knew exactly where you were or what your day looked like on this awful day. In this episode, we will recount the horrific details, discuss how 9-11 impacted our lives personally, and touch on some of the controversies on this episode of Technically a Conversation. Greetings, you're listening to Technically a Conversation, a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other and hope you find it interesting as well. I'm one third of your hosts, Elena, and I'm joined as always by my lovely brother, Jose. How's it going? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I am doing great also. Thanks for asking. Always one of the times of the month that I look forward to when you and I record. Yeah, fun times, huh? For sure. It was fun getting your computer set up and everything <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that took about 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it always does. That's eh, fine. And August was a busy month, huh? I know. I feel like, uh, well, we're towards the end in real time. We're recording on the 24th of August. Yes. We had three birthdays that we celebrated. My little one started school and my eldest turned 16. Time sure does fly. And you also can't forget that Lionel Messi started at Inter Miami. Uh, yeah, sure. I cannot forget that. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all the family who turned one year older and hopefully also one year wiser. <laughs> we wish you the best and many, many more. For shizzle. I was excited to see that our Freddy Krueger episode got a lot of people talking to us on the socials. And by a lot, I mean like five. No, I'm just kidding. It was more than that. <laughs> it was more than five. <laughs> but more specifically, it was on Instagram because that's the only social media platform that I use. Sorry to all of you Facebook's peoples. Yeah, I think the only thing I do on Facebook is just post about our podcast and as quickly as I post, I disappear and I don't check it again until like the next day that I have to post something. Yeah, I know. Hopefully there aren't any unanswered questions or posts or whatever. <laughs> if I was smarter, I would have checked before we started recording. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> if, if you were smarter. Well, you didn't know I was going to bring that up. So <laughs> that's not your fault. <laughs> you didn't know that I was dumb either. So that's also not your fault. <laughs> whatever. No, I knew that you weren't checking Facebook except for just posting stuff. So whatever. <laughs> Yeah, like the other day I saw that um, I went on Facebook and I think I said like we had like 32 notifications. But you know what it is? Facebook and Instagram combined their notifications or something really stupid like that. Oh, yeah. So almost all the notifications were from Instagram. So it was really hard for me to pick out what was Facebook and what was Instagram. I don't know if it's because we have a business account and maybe that's why it does that. But I tried looking through it to see if I could find anybody that had posted something and I didn't see anything. So uh, if you did post something on Facebook, I'm sorry if I never replied to you. <laughs> yeah, make sure you uh, hit us up on IG just in case. Or TikTok. Our TikTok is usually very um, 
It's very active also. And I usually always check TikTok at least like twice a week, I think, or three times when I post. Awesome. Yeah, that's the one app that I don't get on at all because I know everybody at work is like super... Um, Obsessed. Yes. And I don't want to go down that rabbit hole at all. <laughs> it's the same thing as Instagram Reels pretty much, but it's just pure Reels. Yeah. I already get enough of it from the Reels, so I don't need another app for that. Yeah. No, I, I never really go on any social media unless like somebody tags me on something or, um, you know, once in a while I'll see somebody, you know, send messages to the podcast account. Mm -hmm. But the one social network I use the most is probably Reddit. And that's one that we're not on. And um, I think I'm okay with that. I don't want to manage any more social media accounts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be way too much, I think. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we do appreciate the interaction. And we hope that you all continue to comment and like our posts. It takes one second to click that like button and a few moments to comment and even fewer moments to share our posts with your friends. Those small gestures really help grow us, which is what we want to do. And I would like to give a very special thanks to all of our new super friends. Thank you. And of course, all of our existing super friends. All of the old super friends. Oh, and they get an air horn too. All the OGs. <laughs> Gracias. <laughs> De nada. All right. Enough dicking around. <laughs> Today... We have a very special episode. Any idea on what you think I might be talking about? Mm, is it on Santa Muerte? No. The little thing that I was holding up was a clue, but I don't know if you got to see what it was. Mm, it looked like um, the stereotypical thing you see when you think of Santa Fe or whatever. Like it looked like it was like a blue sky with a cactus and maybe like a wolf or something. <laughs> no, <laughs> it wasn't at all that. No, it's actually an apple. And it says New York, and it has New York's skyline. Ah, okay. The Statue of Liberty was the cactus. Now I can see it. Ah, uh, <laughs> the cactus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, today marks 22 years since 9-11. And by today, I don't mean the day we are recording, but the day that this is being released. And also, hopefully, the day that you are listening to this. It was very hard to narrow down this horrific event and consolidate everything I would have liked to have shared on the topic, but we have a limited amount of time with you, so I'm going to do my best. Warning, this episode is going to contain graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Now, before we start, do you know what I was going to say in our intro before I decided against it? Because I didn't want to offend you or our listeners. No, but um, hopefully you'll share. Yeah, I was going to say something like, I'm one third of your host, Elena, and I'm joined as always by my Taliban looking brother, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that I'd be taking it just a little too far. Yeah, I get that a lot, though. <laughs> but we do have Arab blood, so I think that's why we look sort of Arabish. Yeah, I got the eyebrows to prove it. <laughs> I got the eyebrows, the nose, the beard. The olive complexion, whatever that means, but I've been told I have an olive complexion. Oh, yeah. That just means you have like more of a greenish skin tone. Like a lizard person or something? Yeah, sure. <laughs> You're a lizard person. Part of that conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, like the reptoids or whatever they're called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, 
For those of you who are not familiar with 9-11 or are maybe too young to remember, the September 11th attacks were four coordinated Islamic suicide terrorist attacks carried out by Al-Qaeda against the United States on, you guessed it, Tuesday, September 11th, 2001. I'm going to be using my favorite source, Wikipedia, to help remind me and describe this day as best as possible. And as a reminder, all sources will be linked in our show notes. That morning, 19 terrorists hijacked four commercial planes and were scheduled to travel from New England and Mid-Atlantic regions of the East Coast to California. The first two hijacked planes, American Airlines Flight 11 and United Airlines Flight 175, hit the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center, located in New York City, and were two of five of the tallest buildings at that time. The first impact was at 8.46 a.m. of the World Trade Center's North Tower, and the second impact occurred just 16 minutes later of the World Trade Center's South Tower, respectively. Within one hour and 45 minutes, both skyscrapers collapsed. As a consequence, various buildings of the World Trade Center also crumbled, including Building 7, and various surrounding buildings and structures were ruined. The other two were headed towards Washington, D.C. The third hijacked plane, American Airlines Flight 77, hit the Pentagon at 9.37 a.m., causing a partial collapse, which is headquarters to the U.S. Department of Defense in Arlington County, Virginia, and the fourth hijacked plane. United Airlines Flight 93 went down in rural Pennsylvania after it was overtaken by its passengers in an attempt to save others' lives at 10.03 a.m. It's speculated by investigators that the White House or the United States Capitol was its intended target. This attack killed nearly 3,000 people and set in motion the multi-decade global war on terror. Jose, do you remember what you were doing on that fateful day of September 11th, 2001, where 2,977 innocent people lost their lives in the deadliest terrorist attack in American history? I do, as a matter of fact. Would you care to share with us? I will share with you. Awesome. Let's hear it. So the way that I remember it, this was like um, before cell phones were common. So I remember I was asleep still. And then I remember getting a call from somebody that I went to school with. And they told me, hey, Jose, do you know if we're going to have class today? And I was like, yeah. Uh, I don't remember the, any of our teachers canceling or anything. And I was like, why? And then he was like, turn on the TV. And then I was like, what channel? He's like, any channel. I was like, okay. So I turned on the TV and... Yeah, like the, the first plane had already hit one of the towers. And while I was on the phone, I see the second airplane hit the other tower. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this is actually happening. So um, yeah, at that time, we hadn't heard anything about classes being canceled. So, um, you know, it was close to around the time that I was going to get up anyway. So I went and I took a shower, got ready for work and school because uh, I had work right after school. And I remember going to school and they were sending us all to the library. At that time, they weren't sure if there were going to be other attacks in other places. It was one of those, um, I guess, just one of those times where nobody knew what was going to happen. So they kind of were holding us all in the library. And we were there for maybe like half an hour. And then they ended up sending us all home. So I remember coming home. I think at that time, it must have been maybe like 9 or 10 o'clock or something. I don't remember anymore. I don't remember the exact times. But like probably everybody else in America, we were all... I was glued to my TV 
and um, I ended up calling to work to see if they wanted us to go in. They did want us to go in, so um, I ended up working that night. But it was very surreal. I couldn't believe that something like that was actually happening. Yeah, for real. I mean, do you remember what school you were in? I was going to uh, the Rio Grande campus of Community College. Okay, because I was also at the Rio Grande Rio Grande campus, but I remember things a little bit differently. It's funny because we sometimes we don't even know, like we can't even remember what happened yesterday. But it's interesting how an important event can help remember a particular day. For example, I'm sure that people who lived through JFK's assassination can remember where they were when they heard the news or when Selena was murdered by that heinous woman, Yolanda Saldivar. May she rot in hell. <laughs> Do you remember that when Selena was murdered? Do you remember what you were doing on that day? When I first heard about it, I was on my way to school. I was still going to high school at that time. You know, my friend Cesar, mm -hmm. we were in, in his brother's car. He was giving us a ride. And that was the infamous Howard Stern show where um, they were talking about it. And then they fired the gunshots. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. He ended up saying something stupid, I'm sure. But yeah, that was like the reason he got pretty much canceled from the radio for, for doing that. But um. Yeah, I remember hearing that on my way to school. And I don't think I'd heard about it prior to that. I, I wouldn't imagine that I would have um, since it was like really early in the morning. Yeah. What about you? Well, I was a lot younger, so I don't remember as much. I remember it thinking that it was like a really sick April Fool's Day joke because it was like, I think right before April 1st, right? I, I want to say. But then later on, I remember watching the news and Yolanda Saldivar being in the her red pickup truck and she's holding a gun to her head saying that she doesn't want to live. And I'm like, ah, whatever the fuck, just, you know, shoot your brains out. We don't care. <laughs> Selena wanted to live, you know, that's pretty much what I remember. I want to say that it was on a Friday, or at least I think that it was on a Friday. That's what I seem to remember. Yeah, I, I really don't, except for that part when she was in the, in the news, supposedly wanting to blow her brains out. And she didn't, obviously. But, you know, Going back to September 11th, 2001, I do remember that day very vividly. And I remember that I had just started my first year in college and I had classes that morning. And as I was walking up and down the halls, I noticed everyone hovering around TVs and watching intently, but I thought nothing of it. I went on with my day as though nothing had happened. Then I remember overhearing some people's conversations about flying and how they had flights scheduled, but they were reluctant to fly. I still had no idea what was going on. Then I walked over to our father's office because I was done with my classes and he was watching the news on his computer or maybe listening to the news on the radio. I don't remember. And I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, what happened? And he just gave me this look like, what do you mean? What happened? Like, you haven't heard? And I'm like, no. I've been in school all day and I was very introverted at the time. So I didn't have any friends. I didn't talk to anybody. So I really had no idea what was going on. So by this time, it was already like maybe three o'clock or so when I had gone over to our dad's office and he starts showing me the news and I'm like, what? <laughs> What's happening? It was weird to me that I, I don't remember the instructors ever bringing it up. I guess I was Either I was half asleep or they did talk about it or maybe they canceled class and maybe that's why I don't remember. All I know is that I went throughout like a whole day 
in school without even knowing what had happened until I had gotten to our father's office and I was listening to the news there. If you're going to EPCC, they did cancel classes because I remember they canceled it for us. Oh, man, I, I don't remember that part. But what I do remember is that later that afternoon, we went over to our, our grandmother's house. Well, I don't know if you had gone because you were probably working. Um, but it was, you know, well, may she rest in peace. But it was when she was already diagnosed with cancer and we were going pretty regularly. I don't know if we were going daily or not, but we were going pretty regularly. And the news was playing. I was sitting down on the couch. I'm watching the news. I'm catching up on the day's reports of these very awful events that had happened earlier that day. And then all of a sudden, I see the second plane crash into the tower. For me, it was the very first time. And it was already like almost the end of the day. And I remember like yelling like, oh, my God, what the hell? And everybody kind of looked at me like, yeah, like that, that's already happened. That's old. That's old news. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit, sorry, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> but I do remember feeling like this complete dread and sick to my stomach after watching the plane slam into the World Trade Center and feeling completely helpless. And that wasn't the only terrifying thing that was captured on camera. We witnessed several people fall to their deaths because they were in a burning building. And I can only speculate that they felt that jumping to their death was better than burning alive. Or perhaps they had a glimmer of hope that a safety net would catch them below. We saw the Twin Towers come crashing down and people run for their lives to try and escape the turmoil and the rubble. We watched countless heroes and law enforcement agencies rushing to the scene as others scrambled from it. There were images of a plane crashing into the Pentagon and another in a field, all claiming hundreds of lives. It was devastating, but we looked for more and more images, almost like there wasn't enough content out there to make it seem real or make any sense of it. I think that's what it was, is that it didn't seem like it was real. Yeah. I think it was like 2001, right? Yeah, 2001. Yes, I can't believe this is happening in 2001, like of all years that this is happening. So it, it did feel very unreal. It felt like a dream. Yeah, definitely. And then there's those people out there who exist to this day who believe that it was all a hoax and that the United States government orchestrated the entire thing. But we'll we'll get into that discussion a little later. But honestly, we could be here all day and I probably couldn't do this topic justice because there's just so much to unravel. There's so much information out there, especially 22 years later, you know? Yeah, for sure. And also so many emotions. So I'm going to try and do my best. But right now, after all of this, I think it seems like it's a good time for a pause. So why don't we take a quick commercial break and continue this 9-11 anniversary and tribute episode? Have you ever wondered what it's like to be buried in an avalanche? Weird foreign feeling of despair. Or how it feels to crash a skydive? I remember hearing a thud, feeling my body hit the ground. Or how you would react if you were being attacked by an alligator? At the end of my leg is this huge alligator head on my leg. These are the stories you'll hear on the podcast called What Was That Like? True stories told by the actual person who went through it. You'll hear from a victim of an attack 
dragging me into the bathroom and saying, I'm going to kill you. Now you're going to die. You'll hear from a man who discovered a baby. How could this be? How could there be a baby on the ground? And you'll hear actual 911 calls. Lincoln County 911. There's a man at my back door. He's trying to get in. What was that like is a podcast about real people in unreal situations. Search for What Was That Like on any podcast app or at whatwasthatlike.com. If you like true crime, dark history, the haunted and paranormal, then we think you'll like Ghost Town. Ghost Town is hosted by me, Rebecca Lieb. And me, Jason Horton. We cover both notorious and obscure true crimes. The haunted, paranormal, and unexplained. And the dark history of everything from world events to pop culture. There are new episodes of Ghost Town every Wednesday and Friday. Find out for yourself what Vulture.com called essential listening and one listener called a total waste of time. So pause the podcast you're listening to right now. And go subscribe to Ghost Town for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And at ghosttownpod.com. And we're back. We're back! How was your break? Good. Hopefully nobody paused this podcast and they're continuing to listen to it. (laughs) hopefully not (laughs) and if you skip the commercials you have no idea what we're talking about true true (laughs) that (laughs) so we just finished recounting our recollection of where we were and what we were doing when we were under terrorist attack on september 11th 2001 and also described how the events unfolded so last night antonio and i watched a couple of 9-11 documentaries And by the way, there are so many to choose from. We'll link in the show notes which ones they were, and maybe I'll recommend some. There was one where it showcases the victim's last calls and voicemails. It's named 9-11 Phone Calls from the Tower. It had us in tears. Even Antonio, he cried too. (laughs) We were both crying. (laughs) Yeah, and I can't watch or listen to that type of stuff. It's so sad. I mean, I cried during Batman v Superman. Now imagine me (laughs) watching or listening to that stuff. (laughs) I know. It's sad. You know, some of the calls were positive because, unfortunately, they didn't know about their impending doom. Also, I think they were just trying to comfort their family members. But most of them were heart-wrenching. They were giving their loved ones their last goodbye. And I remember there was one that tugged at my, my little heartstrings about a daughter who was calling her father for help. And he was so distraught that he wasn't able to help his daughter in her last moments. And he said something that really moved me. Here's a clip. She was in trouble and she called her father for help. I was 130 miles away. There was nothing I could do but but give her advice. We exchanged I love yous. And to my knowledge, I was the last person from the outside world that she spoke with. I just thought it was so sad how she was like, oh, you know, daddy's little girl is calling dad for advice and I can't do anything about it. Just made me, oh God, try not to cry now. No, that's definitely sad. Hopefully I'll never be in that predicament. Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully none of us are ever in that predicament again. But, um, you know, it was hard not to cry as we watched our world fall apart before our very own eyes. And there was a review of the the U.S. public opinion in the two decades since. According to PewResearch.org, it reveals how badly 
a shaken nation came together briefly in sadness and in patriotism, and how a nation rallied and supported the war in Afghanistan and Iraq, and how it waned over time, and also how Americans viewed the threat on terrorism at home and the steps that the government took to combat it. After a war that cost thousands of lives and trillions of dollars, a new Pew Research Center survey found that 69% of U.S. adults feel the U.S. mostly failed to achieve its goals in Afghanistan. Americans were enraged by the attacks. I remember thinking that there was going to be a draft for the war, but people were so angry, and I think that they had a surplus of how many people enlisted. Did you know anyone who enlisted, or were you afraid of getting drafted during that time? I think immediately after it happened, like most people... And I was really upset and I was ready to go there like fucking like Rambo with like two machine guns strapped to me and just like, you know, just like shoot everybody, you know. But, um, you know, after a few days, you know, I realized nothing was going to bring those poor people back, you know, no matter what we did, what was done was done. And no matter how many people we went out into a foreign country to kill, a lot of those people being innocent people, that wasn't going to bring anybody back. And, um. Because, yeah, of course, I, I knew Mike, who um, went out there, and sadly, he was one of those people that never came back. Yeah. So I was going to touch on that, of course. We both knew Mike, and he was my ex-boyfriend. He sadly was killed in Iraq in an ambush. And I remember he would call me about twice a month from over there. And in my mind, I would envision that I would hear, like, blasts or bombs in the background. I guess I'm just naive like that, but it was nothing like that. Our conversations were very normal. Sometimes he would put his war buddies on the phone and I would have conversations with them as well. And the very last call he made to me, I remember I was charging my phone in the other room and I was cooking in the kitchen and I had people over and I didn't make it in time to answer the call. But as soon as I saw the caller ID, I knew it was him. Like I had just missed it where I could like answer the phone, but I could still see who was on the caller ID. And then about a minute later, I received a notification that I had a voicemail. So I listened to the voicemail and I shared with my guests that it was my ex Mike who was currently in Iraq because of the war and that he was calling to tell me that he missed me and he loved me. And about a week or two later, I get a call from his best friend telling me the very sad news that Mike had perished. And I couldn't believe it. Like I thought he was joking with me. I honestly thought like it was just a very sick joke. And I was just waiting for him to tell me that he was joking, but that phrase never came out of his lips. And I had to have him like repeat it to me again because I, I just couldn't understand what he was telling me. And I remember like I just broke down crying hysterically. And then I called you, remember? Yeah. I have nothing but great things to say about Mike. He truly was one of the nicest, sweetest people I ever had the pleasure of meeting. And I remember us going to his going away party, joking around like, dude, you got to come back, man. Like, I don't want you to come back, you know, like in pieces or, you know, like in a body bag or something, you know? And of course, you know, I said it joking around, but, you know, I never would have imagined that that would have happened. Yeah. And with Mike, he would always go over, like for us, like our family day is, is Sunday. That's the day we always go to my mom's house. We eat, we hang out. You know, we'll watch movies, joke around, whatever. And Mike was there every Sunday. And he would go with us. Um, at that at the time, we would always go to Kmart. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. Yes. And uh, yes. 
like I'm silly in person, not just on the podcast. And we would do <laughs> stupid shit like Mike and me. Like we would pick up the grocery cart and put the grocery cart over our heads. In front of the camera. <laughs> in front of the cameras, in front of the security guards. We'd be walking around, <laughs> both of us holding the grocery cart over our heads, just doing like the stupidest, silliest shit. Or we would go like to Walmart or something. And we would put on every single fucking costume. Like I would have like 12 <laughs> different costumes put on. <laughs> yeah. He was definitely silly like that. <laughs> yeah. So I have very, very fond memories of him. He, he was such a sweet guy. Yeah. And I remember like he would even show up to our moms before we would even get there. <laughs> and he would eat. He would take his friends from um, he was in the National Guard at the time. And he would take his friends to go have breakfast at my mom's. And then sometimes like we would show up and he was already like, oh, el Mike ya vino, ya comió, ya se fue y trajo sus amigos. I'm like, este qué? <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. I remember showing up to my mom. Está el pinche Mike sentado comiendo menudo or some shit. Like even before <laughs> we had gotten there. <laughs> yeah. He was definitely comfortable with us. <laughs> yeah. And the family. <laughs> but, you know, that. That was um, probably one of the most traumatic moments of my life. And I remember like I wanted to call his mom and give him my condolences, give her my condolences. But I, I couldn't get anything intelligible out. Everything was just it was just crying. So I remember you said, like, I will call with you. Uh, we'll party line her or party call or whatever it was called. <laughs> and um, we called her and you did all the talking because I, I couldn't I couldn't say anything. And then we flew. Well, I flew down. Because I lived in Albuquerque at the time. And I was a mess. And um, ah, I just remember crying throughout the whole funeral. Like, I couldn't stop crying. It was just, it was ridiculous. The funeral was very tough because um, I want to say it was at St. Patrick's Cathedral. Probably because he went to Cathedral. I just remember being at Fort Bliss. I don't remember going to that. I think I just went to the service. And um, I remember so many people going up there and talking about what a hero he was. And like, apparently, like... um. It was like a Humvee that was exploded or something like that. And he was like going back to save people. And then um, I think like during that time that he was saving somebody is when like he ended up getting shot or something. They got ambushed. Yeah, when they got ambushed. And I was like, fuck, man. He was somebody that I would joke around with and would be mamones, you know. And I was like, man, this guy was a real hero. Again, he was such a great guy. Yeah, definitely. We honored Mike and his short-lived life. And I remember that that's when we took it personally. And I remember that you had even told me that you wanted to join the army so that you could kill all those motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did too. We wanted revenge. <laughs> yeah, we were all pissed off. Yeah. He had just turned 21 the month before. He died on July 5th, 2004. You guys would call him el cejudo o el cejas. <laughs> yeah, or el ex greñudo because he had a shaved head. El extrañudo. <laughs> yeah. Well, I really didn't know that I was going to go down this road um, when I was initially writing for this episode. I, I thought I was just going to talk about events and somehow I ended up bringing Mike involved. And I mean, as you saw, I still cry about it. It's still really hard for me to talk about it. And um, now that I think about it, you know, there's just like I said earlier, there's not enough time to talk about it all. And I feel like we might need a part two on this. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get to a part two, but um, it would be interesting if I think <laughs> to talk about more about 
that. But I think right now I'm, I'm just kind of like going through like what you and I went through and hopefully it'll start a conversation with our super friends and what they went through and they can join in on the discussion online with us on Instagram. Yeah, that would be great if others would want to share their stories with us. It's been a long time since we've gotten a voicemail. Maybe somebody can send in a voicemail, let us know about their experiences. That's always like the best is getting to hear y'all's voice and sharing with us the way that it made you feel or, or maybe a, a particular story that you all might remember. Yeah, exactly. Now, before this episode does get a little too long, I want to bring up some conspiracies. I'll say, do you remember any of them or can you name any that you're familiar with? The most popular one was that it was an inside job. I want to say uh, Michael Moore was one of the people that might have perpetuated that one. But, um, you know, I might be confusing him with somebody else. But I do remember hearing that some people thought that it was the government, the government did it. Uh, there's others that I think believe that this never even happened, which I don't know how, but... Oh, like the Sandy Hook? Yeah. Yeah. Like all those uh, Alex Jones idiots. Well, I, I don't think there's any way in denying that it didn't happen just because there's just so much... There's just so many casualties. And then, I mean, New York is missing two important towers. <laughs> I guess I could, I guess I could understand uh, that people think it might be an inside job, but that it didn't happen at all. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me either. Most conspiracy theories don't make sense to me. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I remember them saying that the Pentagon was hit by a missile and not a plane because of how narrow the opening was of where the plane hit that there was no way that a plane could uh, hit that building because of the size of the, the wings of an airplane and that there was like limited debris. And um, there was that building seven that they were saying like it came down hours later and people were like, well, there's no way that debris from the towers was going to bring down an entire building. And supposedly there's witnesses saying, oh, well, we heard blasts going off before the building came down. So it must have been planned already. And that the guy who bought the buildings was in on it because he was trying to claim insurance money. And then there was another one that I heard that the United States recovered the, all the black boxes from the airplanes and that there was somebody who supposedly saw like an FBI or CIA agent recover the box and tell them like, shh, you didn't see me. This didn't happen. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, no, that sounds like bullshit to me. Yeah, big time. I mean, do you remember when President Bush, George W. Bush, was it W or, or is W the dad? No, W is the son. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think later it came out that they were both W. Oh. But W the son. Oh, okay. W the son and W the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, not W the father or the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> all right but do you remember when they gave him the news he was like reading books to kids or something at a school yeah i was surprised that he knew how to read <laughs> didn't he have the book upside down that day or something <laughs> yeah I, I don't i don't remember but yeah i do remember him reading to kids or something like that when when that happened yeah, and then they come and they whisper something in his in his ear, and then he has his face like all the blood just drained out of his face. Like, there's no way that that was fake. That was purely genuine. That was a, a genuine reaction. There's no way it was an inside job. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I don't think it was an inside job either. I think it's just people that they're never going to believe anything the government says, and they're always looking for 
alternatives that that conform with whatever their ideas are. So I think if they're distrustful of the government already, they're going to believe BS like that. Like it was an inside job. You can never believe the government, whatever. Which I mean, mo- the government has done a lot of horrendous things, but I don't think that that was one of them. Yeah, I I don't think so either. I think one of the ones that I heard, oh man, I wish I would have written it down, but it was um, people were thinking that the government might have done something like that because there was something that they had planned back when JFK was in office. But I think it was just to mimic a terrorist attack, not to actually go through with a terrorist attack. And JFK said no, and he shot it down. So just because of that, people thought, oh, well, if they were going to mimic a terrorist attack, maybe they actually did do a terrorist attack. I don't know. Whatever. It's so dumb. (laughs) Yeah, I don't buy it. Yeah, me neither. Okay, super friends. I'm going to wrap this episode up because it's a little grim. It's a little sad. I know it's a little different from our other episodes. And on that note, we hope you enjoyed the show and join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah. Follow us on the socials at GreetingsTAC, email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669 if you have a story to share with us. Yes, please share your stories with us if you have your own stories about September 11th and what you remember or how it affected you. For sure. We look forward to hearing from you. Emails, email us at greetingstac.com. On next week's episode of Technically a Conversation. In 1999, while excavating the temple of the Aztec wind god Ejicatl, archaeologists discovered the remains of a 20-year-old boy at the base of the temple's main stairway. The boy appeared to be the victim of human sacrifice. But what made the find remarkable is that he was found clutching a small ceramic skull in each hand. The archaeologists quickly realized that the menacing skull's face represented Mictlantecutli, the Aztec god of the underworld and death. The clay sculptures were originally thought of as toys and were cataloged and stored in a museum warehouse. A few years later, however, some CT scans of the skulls were performed, and it was discovered that the skulls were a form of instrument. A music archaeologist put the instrument to his mouth and decided to blow into it, and discovered the sound it produced sounded like it would resurrect the dead from their graves to desecrate Mexico City. New episodes drop Monday. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss a show.